Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Who's dancing now as I always like to start the show? Rangers fans, you've got to be dancing right now. Coming into game three up 2-0 in this series. Man, um, I'd be dancing, that's for sure. I can't wait. I'm already uh, thinking about um, I'm going to be in the city, finish the show around noon, um, get a little workout in, take the pups to the dog park, and then I'm heading into the city. I I want to watch this game somewhere in the city with a bunch of Rangers fans, uh, taking it all in and, uh, and having a good time. And uh, that's really what it's all about. By the way, you'll be able to listen to uh, that Rangers game right here on 98.7 ESPN at, uh, at 3 o'clock this afternoon. So definitely stay tuned for that. Um, and I want to spend this first hour doing a deep dive into this Rangers uh, lightning matchup game three. Pete Jensen uh, from the NHL Network is going to be joining us in about 20 minutes. So I'm excited to get him on. We'll open up the phone lines, 800-919-3776. That's for sure. Um, also don't forget, uh, you've got, um, you've got the, uh, the, the Yankees that are in action today and it's an early game because it's on Peacock. I know this day and age where, uh, in, in, in our wide, wide world of sport, where you've got all kinds of networks uh, that are bidding to, uh, try to, uh, get some programming. Uh, this is what's happened. So 1130, 1135, I believe is first pitch. Uh, for the Yankees and uh, getting ready to uh, to take on the t- the Tigers, looking to sweep that series. As we know, the Yankees take care of the Tigers yesterday. 3-0 Severino, another phenomenal pitching performance. Ten strikeouts, uh, along with, of course, two relievers, only gave up one hit. Really unbelievable. Judge getting his again. Um with with another home run and then um and then Rizzo actually hit another one as well yesterday so that's two in a row two games in a row so five straight wins for the Yankees nine wins in 11 straight games seven straight wins at home they're looking for the eighth today with Montgomery um who uh who will be pitching for the Yankees they're 22 and 7 at home hopefully Montgomery can get some uh some run support we know that that's really been the biggest issue for him he's actually pitched well just for some reason bats don't cooperate uh, when it's his time to uh to deal as for the Mets uh they won last night against the Dodgers 9-4 Pete Alonso just has been amazing this season Put some money on him to, to to win the home home run derby. That's for sure. Two home runs last night. Five RBIs. Nineteen total home runs on the season. Peterson uh, went gave up four runs uh, in 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 six strikeouts. Um, and so you've got first pitch for the Mets at a little after four o'clock today. Trevor Williams will be pitching for them. One and three with a three five eight ERA. Just a reminder, all season long, listen to ninety eight point seven ESPN's Sunday Night Baseball, brought to you by Nissan. Nissan's an easier choice than ever with their exciting and fuel efficient lineup. Now get great offers across their full line. Shop at your local Nissan store at nissanusa.com. Uh, and then, of course, later on tonight, big game two NBA championship. As we know, uh, the Boston Celtics, uh, they took one on the home court 
for the Golden State Warriors. Crucial game two for the Warriors. You do not want to go down 0-2 in this series and then head to Boston, uh, that's for sure. So we've got Moke Hamilton, who's going to be joining us on the show at 10 o'clock this morning. And then, of course, I had John Starks on my show yesterday breaking down uh, this game, too. So if you missed that, we're going to replay that for you at 11 o'clock. So, uh, so obviously, a lot of Rangers talk. Um, we'll, we'll keep you up to speed on what's going on with uh, the Yankees game. Again, considering it's an early start at 11.30 a.m. And uh, a deep dive into game two of the NBA championships. But as I said, I want to kick it off with what's going on with the Rangers. As we know, game two for the Rangers, they won 3-2, so now they're 2-0 in the series. Uh, They have 20 goals in their last four games. Really unbelievable. They've won eight straight at home. So as we know, game three is today in Tampa, three o'clock. Game four will be um, on on Tuesday as well in Tampa. And as I said, I I think if if they can just get one of these two games in Tampa and then come back home knowing how great they've been here at the Garden, um, I I, I think I I, I see it looking really, really great for this Rangers team. Igor Shesterkin, game two, 29 of 31, 29 saves, 31 shots. Uh, at goal against him. He's got a 95% save rate at home, which has really, really been tremendous. And probably, uh, you know, not not to bury the lead because the lead is, is in my opinion, more so on, on the Tampa side. And that's, um, uh, you know, the, the Tampa Bay Lightning goalie, Vasil, I, I can never pronounce it. <laughs> I can never pronounce it properly. Valeski, uh, there we go. Valeski, um, who uh, who's just been dynamite all season long, and has not been dynamite in this series. And uh, this is a Tampa Bay team, as we know, seventeen and zero after a loss. And what does that mean? In the last three years, they have not lost two games back to back. But of course, we saw them do it here in New York against this Rangers team, this young, exciting Rangers team to get behind. So uh, what, what can we expect tonight? Will it be any different on, on Tampa's home ice? Possibly. Um, we're seeing a lot of really great things, not just from uh, Shesterkin and uh, in what he's been able to do defensively, but also that kid line that had the opportunity they scored last game and uh, what we're seeing from Mika and, and a number of other Rangers players. So uh, can they take that type of the performance we've seen for the, from game one and game two and and play that type of style, aggressive, dominant hockey in Tampa? Hopefully they can. Let's open up the phone lines. 800-919-3776. Anita Marks with you. Let's talk some Rangers. What are your thoughts on the game later on the, this afternoon? I also want to know where are you going to be watching it? Is this, I'm curious, and, and we've got Brian and Tom who are producing the show. Is, is this a game where, you know, a lot of people like to stay at home, right? Oh, I can't go out. I can't, nobody can talk to me. I don't want to be around anyone. I've got to pay, play, I got to pay such close attention to what's going on. Or is this, is this one of those games where like you want to be out and about, you want to be in a crowd, you want to be with other Rangers fans, you want to be out there taking this in. Are, are you hosting something at home? We didn't get the invite. It's okay. Our feelings won't be hurt. But how are you taking in the Rangers game this afternoon? I think everybody's buying in. you got to pay a price to win games in the playoffs. And I think if you looked at our team since probably game four, game five of the Pittsburgh series, we block a lot more shots. We finish a lot more hits. We play the game the right way a lot more. And uh, that's, that's how you win in the playoffs. Gallant talking about how this team has gotten better throughout the playoffs. Uh, have they not? I mean, you know, especially in elimination games. 
boy, have they been sensational. Not just one, but several elimination games against the Penguins. We saw what happened with Carolina. Probably the most impressive, obviously, was was them winning in Carolina, a, a team that uh, next to impossible to win on their home ice. And then now to, to start the series uh, against Tampa, uh, going up 2-0 and, uh, and, and Igor being uh, the, the premier goaltender and having a better two games than, than Tampa is, uh, is, has really, really been tremendous. Um, let's listen in. Another guy that I don't think is getting enough love, and, and that is Adam Fox, right? Like leads all NHL defensemen in, um, in assists in the postseason, 17 assists. So uh, this is him talking about not letting the outside noise affect them. You know, we heard all year that wasn't really going to have playoff success. And we've said it all year, the belief in the room is high. And, you know, the outside opinions isn't really affecting anyone. You know, like you said, coming down from down 3-1, down 2 nothing, And, you know, this team obviously had a good playoff streak of not losing back-to-back games. But, you know, that's not really in our minds when we're coming to the games. We're not thinking about what streaks teams have or how they've done earlier. It's right now and you know we're just trying to bring it day in and day out and the guys in those room believe in each other and yeah I don't think the the outside noise or any uh perceptions of our team really affects our uh, mindset going into the games again Fox uh referring to the fact that Tampa Bay uh 17 and 0 after a loss right and and in that record in, in the postseason in that record span was was three years and so uh, for them to, to go down 0-2 in this series is, is pretty significant for, for the Rangers. So really excited to see what's going to happen in the next two games. Um, again, 800-919-3776, throwing it out there. You know, how, how are you taking in this Rangers-Tampa uh, game this afternoon? I'm, I'm going to be heading into the city. I'm going to be looking for a local watering hole. I want to watch it around a bunch of Rangers fans. That's how I want to take it in. We've got Tom and, and Brian who are producing the show. Gentlemen, you have any plans for later on this afternoon? Uh, I do. I'm going to go home, probably take a nap, and uh, then I'll probably, catch the, <laughs> I'll probably catch the highlights later after I wake up from that nap. But um, if I am going to be... I do have a bus ride later, and the game will be on during that, so I probably will be tuning in through the ESPN app uh, listening to the Rangers that way. There you go. Okay, you you lost me with the nap, but you brought me back with the ESPN app, Tom. Good job, dude. Good job. <laughs> Brian, what what about you? How are you taking this so, all in? So definitely I'll be on my way home when the Rangers pregame show will be on. So I will listen to Don LaGreca do that on the ESPN New York app. And then I'll probably definitely turn it on the TV. Well, I'm going to be in Brooklyn today. There's like a little festival close to my parents' neighborhood. But I know there's going to be like a big screen there because there's a lot of Rangers fans where my parents live. And there's a huge, there's actually a big uh, uh, a neighbor next to my parents that was always screaming when it was a Ranger game in the regular season. So I don't know. Maybe I might just ask him like, hey, where are you going? Because I want to see where all the Rangers fans are in Brooklyn. Um, also, uh, didn't we have a, didn't we have a, a, a read yesterday? Um, here we go. Um. Bryant Park viewing parties presented by Chase at NewYorkRangers.com slash ECF. So uh, apparently there's going to be a, a number of, uh, of Rangers viewing parties in one at Bryant Park today uh, presented by Chase. So there, there's that as well. So keep that in mind. Um, not sure what your plans are, again, to, to go watch this Rangers game, but it's, it's, it's definitely going, going to be a good one. I, I know in the break, Brian, you and I were talking about like how, how you have become – 
uh, have you become a Rangers fan throughout the season or you have become a Rangers fan in the postseason? So slowly and gradually, I guess I was a, like, I didn't really watch hockey before I started working here at ESPN at all. Mm-hmm. And then like I started with like, okay, this is Lundquist. And I, I was a big like, I was like, this guy's awesome. And then like, but this season, for some reason, I got more invested in it just on the Ranger team. Like, I don't even know all the hockey players throughout all NHL. But this season, I'm like, okay, I love this guy, Igor. Igor is amazing. Mika Zibanejad, uh, Ando Fox. I'm like, oh, this guy, this team is great. Like, I even go to places and I ask, I request, like, can you put the Ranger game on? That's how invested I am. And I never would have said that like a couple of years ago. And people are like, you like hockey? When did you start liking hockey? I was like, I guess maybe a couple of years ago, but I got more invested this season. And then I was like, I told Anthony, I was like, I'm officially a Ranger fan because he's the biggest Ranger fan I know in this station. Uh, him and Ray, I guess. I know he. Uh, Anthony texted me yesterday. He called me a bandwagoner. So oh. and oh yeah, and, and and that's fine. That's fine. I actually uh, went know, to Game listen. Four as well, and I loved the atmosphere. And that was a great game. Oh my gosh, Madison I'm Square sure. Garden. There's nothing like it. There is I'm, nothing like it. I, I'm I'm sure, no doubt, no doubt. Um, but you know, call a spade a spade. You want to call me a bandwagoner? That's fine. Um. You know, I no, no shame in my game. I just um, and 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 I don't have a problem with it. I really don't. Um, and and I'm sure that there are a number of bandwagoners out there um, who might not. I know I have a lot of girlfriends that um, I'm watching. <laughs> I'm watching hockey with. They have no <laughs> little. They have very little idea of what's going on, but um, they love going to the bars and and they love watching. A hockey with all the Rangers fans and, and all the cute dudes in the room, too. So, um, yeah. So, you want to call us bandwagoners, that's fine. They hit 21 threes, and Marcus Smart, Al Horford, and Derek White combined for 15 of them. So, those guys are good shooters, but they combined for, what, 15 out of 8. Where's Smart? 7, 8, 15 for 23. My math right? Eight, seven, and eight. Eight, seven, and eight. Yeah, that's 23, right? Yeah. 15 for 23 from those guys. Eh, you know, so be fine. Uh, Draymond Green, uh, again, arrogance, being a little bit naive in regard to uh, just how good this Boston Celtics team is. We know how great they are defensively, but offensively. Derek White, 21 points, 5 of 8 from downtown, played 32 minutes. Horford, 26 points, 6 of 8 from downtown. Really unbelievable. Marcus Smart contributed with 18 points, 4 of 7 from downtown. Uh, Pretty much what happened was uh, the Boston Celtics, uh, you know, uh, took care of the Golden State Warriors uh, with a little taste of their own medicine. And uh, what was really surprising, if you would have told me, hey, Jason Tatum is only going to score 12 points and have 13 assists, and yet the Boston Celtics were still going to win, I'd tell you you're crazy. Uh, But that's sure enough, that's what happened. Why fourth quarter was a big part of that. Um, They went on a 17-0 run at the end of the fourth quarter, 40 points compared to the Golden State Warriors, 16 points, which was really unbelievable, especially considering the Golden State Warriors were up by 15 points. So... um, you know, and and then it was really interesting when when a number of the uh, the players were asked uh, about what happened. A lot of them said we have to go back and look at the film because I, I think they were still shocked in regard to what happened to them in the fourth quarter. Uh, Jason Williams, Jay Williams, of course, as we know, on the morning show here on uh, ninety eight point seven ESPN. Uh, this is him talking about the epic performance, not just from the Golden, the, uh, the the Boston Celtics, but Jalen Brown. 
Jalen Brown had the best game of his young NBA career last night. Now, you'll look at the stat line and you'll say, well, Jay, he only had 24 points, seven rebounds, five assists. But in the fourth quarter, at the beginning of the fourth quarter, there is a little bit of a different mentality that he has. He scored or assisted on 20 of the Celtics' first 23 points of the fourth quarter. And he allowed the other ancillary players to step up in those big moments. But they will never be in those moments if Jalen Brown doesn't go on that burst. And he is a difference maker in this game. In a game in which Jason Tatum was not his usual offensive self, the impact of Jalen Brown in the fourth quarter was the main culprit in which why the Golden State Warriors had that epic collapse. Again, Jay Williams talking about uh, Jalen Brown, and he has been magnificent, not just in game one, put up 24 points, but pretty much um, in in the postseason throughout. Jason Tatum, a lot of people feel the straw that stirs the drink, gets the majority of the attention, especially as the opponent's defense tries to take him out of the equation. And sure enough, they were able to do that. 12 points, 13 assists. We'll see what happens tonight with Jason Tatum. But Jalen Brown has been that consistent playmaker uh, that definitely is a huge reason for this Boston Celtics success. Let's listen in. This is Jalen Brown talking to the media on how his his game has developed in the last few years. Just being a basketball player, just coming out, being aggressive, using what I can do best, my skill set um, to get to my spots. Just overall being aggressive. Every year you could say I got better or every year you could say I got more opportunity. You could look at it both ways. So um, for me, I just come out and just play my role and do what I need to do to help my team win. Again, Jalen Brown, uh, him and, and the combination of, of Jason Tatum, it really has, has been tremendous. And, you know, here's the thing, folks. Uh, this is a Boston Celtics team. Um, they're young. And, um, and, and, and there's, there's a unity there where players want to stay in Boston and, and they want to create this, this dynasty. Um, and so they're going to be a force to be reckoned with, not just this season and who knows, uh, maybe they do win the NBA championship this year, but for the next few seasons to come, that's for sure. So where does this stand right now? Um, Golden State Warriors favored by four. I will lay the points. I just believe that the Warriors, at the end of the day, I, big picture here, of course, we saw what happened in game one. I just think big picture here, they're the better team. More experience, especially in the postseason. Um, the Warriors typically have more scoring options. Again, I'm not expecting Poole to have nine points. I'm not expecting Clay to have 15 points. Curry did end up with, was it 35, 5, and 5? That was his, his final stat line. Um, he was 50% from downtown. He, so he took 14 shots. He scored seven of them. Uh, but Wiggins put up 20 points. He played 35 minutes. I expect Wiggins to even 20 points is solid for a guy that comes in and, and, and of course, is used primarily because of his defense, uh, his defensive ability, but also is able to contribute on both sides of the court. And like I said, Draymond Green had 11 rebounds, but I do believe that he needs to, he, he needs to become more of a scorer as well for this Golden State Warriors team if they think that they're going to have an opportunity to win. And as Moke Hamilton just pointed out, You've got Robert Williams apparently now questionable for game two later on tonight. He's such a big key and such a vital part of their defense. If he can't go, could really open up things for Draymond Green. That's for sure. But again, just bigger picture here, uh, more scoring options for the Golden State Warriors. Uh, what we saw in game one with, with, with the Boston Celtics isn't typical of what we see. Also, less injuries. We're sitting here talking about Robert Williams potentially not being active um, for game two. 
that's something this knee that that he had meniscus surgery on prior to the postseason starting I think is something that is 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 going to uh you know rear its ugly head and be an issue for him uh throughout the postseason and also this is a Golden State Warriors team that they are five and two in clutch games right clutch games are games that are within three points in the last five minutes they are five and two in clutch games better record in clutch games than the Boston Celtics so I'm not saying that game one was an outlier. Um, I, I, it's not what I'm saying at all. I have immense respect for the Boston Celtics. I just think it's, 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 it's going to be a different performance for the Golden State Warriors. So I'm going to lay the points with the Golden State Warriors at four. I'm going to play the under at 212 and a half. Big reason why. Again, 43-pointers in game one. I just don't see that. You've got the number one and number two best defense in the NBA. So uh, I just I, I think defensively both teams are going to step up. Uh, and, and play a lot better. In regard to uh, prop bets that I like heading into this game, I'm, I'm going to continue to play the over at 27.5 points for Steph Curry. Uh, this is what he does. He's the straw that stirs that drink. And the fact that he was able to put up 35, he had a great first quarter. Uh, I, I think Steph knows he's the best player on the court. He's going to need a big game tonight in order for this Golden State Warriors team to win. So I'm going to play over 27.5 points for him. I'm also going to play over 16 I'm sorry, over 10 and a half points for Al Horford. He's a big part of, uh, of this Boston Celtics team, even though he doesn't get, um, uh, he, he doesn't get the, uh, the love that Tatum and Brown get on the offensive side of the ball, but he does deliver. He's averaging 12 points a game, 10 rebounds, but dude put up 26. Granted, a big reason why he was knocking all those three-pointers down. But Horford, over 10.5 points tonight. His size will be needed in the paint, especially if Robert Williams can't go. And last but not least, um, I like Wiggins over 16.5 points. He's now become the top third scorer for the Golden State Warriors. He's averaging 16 points a game. Actually, that, that upticked to 17 points a game. He's 48% from the field and 35% from downtown. So, um, so those are my three prop bets that I like heading into tonight's game. Um, over points for Curry at 27 and a half, over for Horford at 10 and a half, and over Wiggins for 16 and a half. So that's how I'm playing the game tonight. This is click, 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 or don't. Very simply, here's the headline. Are you interested in clicking or not? That's right. It's time for click or don't click here at 1030 a.m. on this Sunday morning. It's a fun way. We tour around around our wide, wide world of sport. We find out what is trending and we let our producers lead the way. We've got Brian and Tom back in studio. So, gentlemen, tell us what is trending at 1033 a.m. on this Sunday. All right, Anita. So last week we were talking about how the Mets like always have this fascination of making new headlines with an animal involved in it. And this week is no different with Max Scherzer getting bit by his dog. And it's just a crazy story because the Mets are starting to look like, well, they're Metsing. So <laughs> from Max Scherzer on Twitter. Is that, is that what we're calling it? We're calling it Metsing? That, that's what I like to call it. I don't know if there's a... Uh, true term to that but that's what i like to call it is met the mets metsing but any rate so max scherzer on twitter he said just clearing a few things up my dog raffi hurt her leg on a run she was howling in pain and i went to calm her down by putting my hands on her when i did that she bit my right hand fortunately it wasn't a bad bite i took one day off from throwing 
and was able to long toss the next day. It'll have no effect on my rehab. And this is literally a non-story in Max Scherzer's words. Uh, Steve Cohen, though, would like to make it a story. Um, He followed up this news by tweeting out, Doesn't Scherzer's dog know to never bite the hand that feeds you? Um, So, obviously, just Steve Cohen having a little bit of fun on Twitter like he usually does. But, Anita, between this and Francisco Lindor slamming his finger into, like, a hotel door and jamming it, the, the Mets are just starting to have these weird injuries pop up again. Yeah, listen, um, and, and, and just take it from a, a dog owner um, who at one point in time had five. Um, God, God, doggy bless my two that unfortunately I lost in the last year and a half. Um, I still have three. I have one that whenever she's in pain, she it's it's not it's it's not that a dog bites you. It's a um I don't it's 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 more of it's it's a nibble, but some dogs do that, right? Like uh, you know, not all dogs do it, but you know, if if a dog is in that much pain, it's uh it's I believe it's it's their way of telling you that they're not okay because let's be honest, dogs can't talk, right? So um, yeah, it's obviously the do- the dog was was you know in, hurt after the run and was howling, and I'm sure Max knows his dog better than than anyone. But sometimes dogs do, you know, bite your owner. But it's it's not like it's not an it, just know that it's not an aggressive bite. It's a bite to indicate that hey they're in pain and they need help. So, um, and it's not an aggressive bite where it's like, you know, I highly, and, and I don't know, we haven't seen pictures, right? Like nothing's been posted to social media, but I'm just, I'm speaking from my experience. It's not like a, an aggressive, uh, violent bite from a dog. It's, it's more of, of, uh, a, um, a soft bite just to let you know, Hey, I'm in pain and I need some help. And, and again, I'm just speaking from experience. I, I don't know exactly. Did it, did it break the skin? Was there blood? We don't know any of that, but I can just speaking from experience. I do have a dog who does do that. Just FYI. Yeah. And I, I haven't owned a dog before, so I wouldn't have to go through any of this experience, but also thankfully, um, Max Scherzer's dog, Rafi, they seem okay. And Max is okay. So that's the, that's the good thing at the end of the day, but I mean, I think I think it hit it, the nail right on the uh, head, Anita. Like, I think it was just the dog just trying to let Max know, I'm in pain. Maybe it was almost like a defense mechanism. Um, like, obviously not intentional, like trying to bite or anything, but it, 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 it just happens sometimes. And take it from a dog owner, it does. What else do you guys got? All right, so Yankees and Duhar request to be traded. Mm, I'm clicking that. Talk to me. So Miguel Andujar has requested a trade from the New York Yankees after being demoted to the minors, according to multiple reports. Andujar informed Yankees manager Aaron Boone of his desire to be traded Friday after New York optioned the outfielder to AAA. Scranton. Uh, the New York Post reported that Andujar has been seeking a trade since the end of the 2021 season. The Yankees have not confirmed the reports, and Boone could not elaborate on his discussion with Andujar calling the demotion a result of tough numbers game. This bothers me, Anita. <laughs> well, uh, this bothers me a lot. Here's here's the thing, right? Like um he he can only play left field, right? right. He doesn't he doesn't he doesn't have the range right now to, to play center. So, you know, it's 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 that one position he can play. 
And this team really needs to find out what they have in Gallo. I know he's only batting mm. 173. Mm. Uh, and he has no more. You're, you're only allowed five minor league options. And so there is no more for Gallo. So, you know, I just, I, I truly believe this has to be, a, I can understand why Andujar wants to trade. I understand why he's demanding that. But at the same time, I could understand why and why the Yankees are going with Gallo, even though, again, he's only batting 173. You could sit back and say, well, Andujar is, 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 is more productive and is giving the Yankees a better opportunity to win games. But I think the Yankees' hands are tied in regard to they can't have Gallo go down to AAA. Um, this is only the third time Andujar has been sent down to AAA. Again, you're allowed five, and I think the Yankees need to sit back and see what do they have in Gallo and see how he develops. That's just my two cents. Okay, so, I, but, I, but I can understand where Andujar is, is frustrated. So I disagree with you because I can't stand Gallo. I think I've given him so much of a chance already. I was actually at the game on, I'm trying to remember now, Thursday. You know, Yankees against Angels, the second game of the doubleheader. Mm-hmm. And he, the bases were loaded, if I remember correctly, on Joey Gallo, and there was one out, and he just looked completely lost. And I'm like, this guy, we're giving this guy the like more starting opportunities, more chances. I'm like, what's? I'm like, I if this is an analytical team, it's time to give up on him. Like, just like, like you know what, Gallo, thank you for your services. Off you go. Uh, and Duhar, I, I feel like is a better player. The sucky thing about and Duhar, he's been hurt. The last couple years, but in that 2000, I think it was 2018 season, he was the runner-up for the Rookie of the Year. I think he will be great for this team. I, I'm just, I'm just tired of Gallo striking out. He can, looks completely lost. Some players just don't fit in New York, like Sonny Gray. He didn't work, but he became a great pitcher in Cincinnati. I think this could be for like Andujar's chance. Like maybe this also could be for Gallo. Gallo could be a great player for another team, but not for New York. That's what I'm, that's my two cents. Uh, and and listen, I, I'm I'm in a, I'm in agreement with you. I may have already given up on Gallo as well. We'll open up the phone lines 800-919-3776. Yankee fans, have you given up on Gallo? Are you frustrated with the decision that the Yankees have made, or do you feel like listen, um, the Yankees need to see a little bit more from him um, and and see, especially maybe as they get close to the trade, like like ride this out till July. See, see if, if anything can turn around and then make a decision on what you're going to do. Um, but again, I, I, I sympathize with Andujar. I understand his frustration. I understand where he's coming from. But again, um, and, and, and you make an excellent point, Brian, in regard to analytics and, and whatnot. I just, I, I, think, I think the Yankees need to see what else they can do here for, uh, for at least give it another month. That's, that's, that's really what I anticipate. Uh, what else do you guys have? Well, Anita, before I go on to the next story, I'd also like to point out I'm giving up on Aaron Hicks, too, because I'm just uh, sick of him not being able to really pull his weight either. But enough on that for now. Let's. Uh... So, 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 so Brian would like Andujar over Gallo. You'd like Andujar over Hicks. Uh, I would like Andujar over Hicks and Gallo, but that's just my two cents on it. I'm done with Gallo and Hicks clogging up a spot in the lineup, but. That's a more complicated situation to work out than Joey Gallo because Aaron Hicks still has a few years left on his deal. But you know what? Let's let the callers decide to see what they would like to do in this situation. Let's move on to our next story, which is Deshaun Watson uh, reportedly being hit with his 24th civil lawsuit 
um, which is expected to be filed Monday against the Cleveland Browns quarterback. So it's a tw- wait, wait, timeout. Twenty four or twenty three? I see twenty four. There's the another one now. Yes, and th- this it says it comes just days after his twenty third case was brought against oh. him. So this is number twenty four. It's the same story. Oh, as, go as ahead. like like. So this is this is news to me. So so please read read the update. Because this is news to me. I, I, I thought it was 23, so now you're telling me there, there's a 24th. Go ahead. Yes, there is a 24th. So it says the 24th case, like the others, will allege sexual misconduct by Watson during massage appointments, and the client will also be represented by attorney Tony Busby. True. Um, whether or not, whether coincidence or not, I'm reading from Yahoo Sports. The 24th lawsuit news uh, came soon after Watson's attorney, Rusty Harden, he issued a statement explaining an earlier radio interview where the lawyer tried to argue that uh, certain massages were not illegal um, in the case of Watson and that Watson did nothing wrong. That's what his attorney says. But obviously now with 24 cases being brought up, some something definitely had to have happened at this rate. Uh, well, again, uh, so a few things here to, to digest, and that is um, now we're up to 24 This is all civil because uh, two grand juries were reluctant to file or move forward with a criminal trial. And, 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 and understand, just because a, a grand jury decides not to move forward doesn't necessarily mean that, um, that uh, Deshaun Watson is, is innocent. It just means that they feel that there's not enough evidence. Um, you know, there's no video out there. There's no, like, um, you know, with what we saw with Kraft in the, in, in, in the New England Patriots, right, with his massage situation. There's no smoking gun. There's no video out there to prove it's his word against her word. So the grand jury might feel like, hey, listen, there's just not enough evidence here. It's not that we think he's innocent. There's just not enough evidence here that we feel that you'll get a conviction in court. So two grand juries said, no, we're not going to move forward with a criminal trial. So now you had 22. It added to 23. Now it's 24. Um, And if you did watch the HBO special with Brian Gumbel, it really, uh, they had two of now the 24 women that spoke. Um, I think that's giving this uh, addition, um, the, the women that are now joining this lawsuit, um, more, uh, more weight because of what those interviews that took place. If you didn't watch it, I highly recommend you do so. But also what's really interesting here and what came out this week is that Deshaun Watson offered the 22 women $100,000 each to settle. Now, from what I understand, it wasn't the amount of money that he offered as to why they didn't settle. It was because he, along with taking the $100,000, they, they had to sign a uh, non-disclosure uh, contract uh, agreement. And that non-disclosure agreement was what the Miami Dolphins wanted to happen in order for the trade to go down. And in a number of percentage, a number of the women did not want to sign that. And that's why that fell by the wayside and it didn't happen. If all 22 women would have agreed to signing the non-disclosure, they would have taken the $100,000, they would have signed the non-disclosure, and more than likely, marinating this, Deshaun Watson would be the starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins today. 
That was, that was what was being demanded by the Miami Dolphins. In order for the trade to go down, they needed that non-disclosure to be signed. And a number of the women wouldn't sign it. So the Miami Dolphins then said, nope. And that was at the trade deadline back in October. Just FYI. So A, ha- a uh, that's, the, that's what happened. B, how do you think Tua feels about that? <laughs> so that, that's, that's a whole nother story within itself. But nonetheless, um, and, and another thing in regard to if, if you do watch the Bryant Gumbel special interviewing two of now the 24 women are part of the civil lawsuit they're claiming and the attorney who's representing all 24 women are claiming that the NFL has not reached out to any of them so now the NFL is saying that they're doing this this research they're doing this investigation right they've got to come up with a decision soon if they don't come up with a decision by the way Deshaun Watson's still going to be able to play for the Cleveland Browns okay he's not on on the commissioner's list so he'll be able to play until a decision is made, which I think is bogus. Um, but how bigger, bigger picture here is how are you, the NFL, doing an investigation on Deshaun Watson, but you haven't spoken to any of the women that are, are filing the lawsuit? Does that make sense to you? Doesn't make sense to me. There's an attorney out there listening. I'd love for you to call on the show and explain that to me, right? Like, how is. How is the NFL doing a thorough investigation without speaking to the women who are filing these complaints? I, I, I don't get it. 800-919-3776. I, I know we've got some callers on. Gentlemen, uh, does that conclude our, uh, our click or don't click and what's trending, or do you have one more? It does. Yes, it okay. does. All right, I so Peter, Peter Valentino, hang tight. We'll get to you guys, and, uh, and, and so we'll get to your calls next. Anita Marks with you. This concludes click or don't click. This is what's trending Scherzer getting bit by his dog and Duhar demanding a trade. And of course, Deshaun Watson now, <laughs> wow, unbelievable. A 24th woman comes forward as part of the, of, of the lawsuit. Cleveland Browns must not be happy right now. Uh, they must be scared because they have severed their relationship. Well, it hasn't been severed yet, but pretty much, uh, let's just call it that, that wall, um, that fence, there's no mending it with Baker Mayfield. So... If Deshaun Watson can't play, Baker Mayfield, I doubt, comes back. He doesn't want to go back into that, that, that quarterback room. He doesn't want to go back into that locker room after feeling disrespected by the Cleveland Browns. Jacoby Brissett is their next quarterback. That's who will be starting for the Cleveland Browns. And so Jets fans, you got to feel pretty good about that considering you take on the Cleveland Browns your second game of the season. So uh, there's that. All right, so let's get you up to speed on uh, on all that's going on right now. And uh, first pitch for the Yankees is less than uh, than 15 minutes because they're playing at 11:30 this morning on Peacock. Montgomery uh, on the bump for uh, for the Yankees going up against Detroit, looking to sweep them in this series. Uh, they've won seven straight at home, uh, so looking for number eight, 22 and seven at home. Montgomery just needs some bat support. Really hasn't been uh, really has been the biggest issue for him. He's actually pitched quite well, but the way that judge and, and of course Rizzo getting some action, uh, both of them home hitting home runs yesterday against Detroit Severino, uh, 10 strikeouts, uh, Ken Montgomery fourth solid pitching performance for the Yankees today. 
Possibly so. We'll see what happens. Interesting though, right? A little different 11.30 a.m. game. As for the Mets, they're taking on the Dodgers later on this afternoon. A lot later at 4.10 p.m., Trevor Williams uh, will be pitching for them. Uh, Pete Alonso, of course, just continuing with a stellar season. 19 home runs on the season so far. Also, McGill apparently is going to have a rehab appearance, a rehab start uh, later on today. I think it's uh, four innings. So hopefully we can get him back into the rotation soon. So that's your uh, your Major League Baseball update, along with the fact that Max Scherzer was bit on the hand by his dog, Rafi, apparently went on a run with Rafi, came back and uh, was was howling because I, I guess got hurt on the run and uh, and and took a little a little bite. I'm calling it a little. We don't know. We haven't seen pictures. We don't know how extensive the bite was. But uh, but Max Scherzer went to uh, social media just to calm everybody's fears to say, listen, uh, it's much ado about nothing. It's not bad, and uh, it, there was no setback from it. And as I said earlier, because we had uh, Brian and Tom who are producing the show today, they mentioned this on Click or Don't Click because this is what is trending. I have a dog that uh, when she is in pain, she it's it's I mean she's three pounds. Who knows what kind? Do, do we know? Did he specify what kind of dog Rafi is? I, I'm I'm assuming I, he took he took him on a run, so it's I would imagine that it's a, a pretty significant sized dog. I was going to say that based on the context clues, I'd say it's a bigger dog, but honestly, I'm not sure. I'll do some research right now and see if we can find out. Yeah, I mean, if it's out there, I mean, the dog I'm talking about, my dog, she's three pounds. She's a little brindle chihuahua, um, and uh, and whenever she's in pain, she she it's it's more of a nibble. It's not a bite, but also compounded with the fact that you've got Lindor who busted his finger in in a hotel door just a few days ago. Um, I'm sure a big red flag for Mets fans. But Scherzer are saying relax, like R E L A X, uh, as Aaron Rodgers once told. Uh, the world relax relax N- not a- keep on walking nothing to see here nothing to see here so um hopefully that 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 holds true um also for the Yankees and Duhar as we mentioned not too long ago uh, demanding a trade because now he was sent back down to the minors triple a yet again his third time don't forget you know you've got uh, five times a player is able to be sent down uh, to uh, to the minors and and big reason why it's him over Gallo even though he's outperforming Gallo Gallo with a 173 ERA um batting average um is is because Gallo is he he's he's out of his minor league options and I do believe that the Yankees want to just buy some more time to see what they get from Gallo I don't know. And again, I'm just throwing this out here. Maybe they want to see, maybe he can improve his performance as we get closer to the trade deadline. But I wouldn't be surprised if one of these two dudes um, are traded by the end of July. So that's your Major League Baseball update. What else is going on? Rafael Nadal um, is looking for his 14th French Open title. Can we just, can we marinate in that for a minute? 14th French Open title. Unbelievable. 6-3, right now through three. So it looks like he is on his way to do so, which is great. Um, if you listen to my show yesterday, we had Joe Wiz on. He has his own gambling show here on 98.7 ESPN. He gave his picks, his plays out. I gave one. We had the U.S. Masters darts competition that was taking place here in New York this weekend. Um, and it was at the Garden. It was at MSG. 
And I told, I, to, I, I gave the pick of Michael Smith. It opened at plus 450. Uh, yesterday when I was talking to uh, Joe Wiz about it, it was at four to one. And I said, put money on this guy to win it. Uh, tremendous scoring power. He's won in Europe in the Premier League. He won 24 of his last 28. And he won yesterday. So make that 25 of his last 29. Um, and um, he's just, he's always in the final and he was able to do it yesterday in the Big Apple at the Garden. And it was really tremendous. So hopefully if you were listening to the show yesterday, you got that pick and you got that winner with Michael Smith winning the dark. And, and what, can we just, what, how great is it that we can actually gamble and wager on darts? I don't know about you guys. Do you guys, do you guys, do you guys play darts? Do you like darts? Like I, I, I love going to, I love going to like a dive bar and, and just in go in and going, like, you know, like usually their dart board is in the back. It's grungy. It's dark back there. Right. Like, and, and just in spending hours playing darts. Do you guys play darts? Uh, I certainly have played darts in the past. We actually have a dartboard in my basement uh, that my uh, dad got when I was probably like 10 years old. I probably wasn't even supposed to be touching it, but uh, I was still playing it with my friends. They would come over and we would just go down there and screw around for a little bit uh, playing darts. I haven't done it anything competitively or like gambled with darts at all. I certainly would try my best. But I would probably suck at it. But um, also, I just wanted to update. Uh, I did find out Max Scherzer's dog is a shepherd mix, Rafi. Ooh, okay, yeah, a, a different a different kind of bite with a shepherd mix compared to a three pound brindle chihuahua. Um, <laughs> that's that's for sure. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I like I I love darts. I like I said, I, I love going to a sports bar and and just hanging out with some friends and. Um, consuming some adult beverage and, and, and playing darts. It's one of my, one of my favorite things now, to do. Now have so you done the any- fact, the fact that we can wager on it to me is tremendous. I was just going to say, have you done any sort of like competitive playing for, or have you bet on darts before? In your well, past? I, I bet, I bet on darts. Yeah. When I'm, I'm playing with my friends. No, but I, I haven't done, I haven't done anything competitively. My, my father actually was the dart champion of Fort Lauderdale, Florida. So I learned how to play dart. My dad taught me how to, how to shoot, how to throw darts. So uh, my dad was a tremendous. My dad was a highlight. Highlight. Do you even know what highlight is? I have no idea what that is. Okay. Um, so highlight is a big thing down in, in, in South Florida, especially with the, the Latin in influence down there. So my dad was a big highlight player. My dad played football for the University of Miami. My dad ran track and, um, and also was a top tennis player down in, in Florida and, um, and taught me how to play darts. So anyway, uh, darts and pool. Uh, you, you, here's the thing. You know, it's so funny because I meet so many guys who are like, oh man, must be so cool to hang out with you. Like, you know, uh, watch sports, play sports. They say that. But then like when I beat them in pool or when I beat them in darts or when I beat, when I beat them in golf, like it's not like they don't seem like they're having fun anymore. Yeah, so suddenly it's not funny when they're losing. It's fun. It's fun when you <laughs> might, win, but not when you lose. It might seem like it's fun because I do all those fun things, right? That majority of dudes do, right? Like it might seem fun, but but you know, but then when I'm winning, um, it, it's it's not so it's not so much fun for them. So 
Um, but yes, to answer your question, yes, I, I do. I wager, but it, it's fun. It's fun. I just think it's cool that uh, we were able to wager on this U.S. Masters darts uh, competition that took place right here in our own backyard in New York City. And of course, I, I think it's even more fun that I picked the winner in Michael Smith at plus 450. Those are some really good odds. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.